0: Hello, listener, and welcome back to Spirit Walker, Episode 5, Season 2. My name is Aiden. This will be an episode elaborating on my first ever episode, which describes my visit to heaven and hell. I will be reading from my journal, the one I recorded all of this into after my experiences. We will go into much more detail, clarify confusing topics, and use biblical verses to show what I have seen has also been recorded already in Scripture. All this and more after this. To start off, I would like to say the following experience is all true, 100% of it. If it wasn't, it would be a false testimony towards my God, and cursed are those who spread it. Let's begin. It was a night like any other. I just climbed up on my uh, sturdy wooden ladder up to my loft. I wasn't really tired, so I just laid there uh, with my lights off, closing my eyes. and just what seemed like 10 seconds, my spirit was lifted out of my body and transported immediately to a staircase. A staircase of life, which there were two ways I had to choose to go. One led down on what seemed a gentle and easy slope. It was dark, but very seductive words came forth from it. The other had a steep slope, excelling to the heavens. It was filled with light and promised uh, light, life and truth, but also let me know of the future sufferings. So that I was sitting, being called by spirit to make the journey up to the heavens, but the curiosity that dwelled inside my mind compelled me to search out the darkness of the downward charged slope. So I went and I fell into a void of despair and darkness. I found myself standing before creatures of unimaginable feature, rotten flesh, wicked eyes, and horrid screeching shots like thorns that fell out of their fanged mouths. I looked up to see a creature with a burnt face, rotten griffin wings, and a piercing piercing snarl. It was holding a man of about 30 years of age, being stabbed by his claws, ripped to the bone, being tortured. His side was ripped to just bloody bones, and then the demon kept tearing into him. He ripped the first skin off his right arm, then skin and every facial feature off his face. His screams could be heard in the midst of the choir of agony. There are also demons on the ground throwing people into fire, tearing them to shreds, and those shreds to shreds. The people would burn but would not die. They they felt an eternity of excruciating pain. Then there were hundreds of thousands of 10 by 10-ish cubes where people were tortured as well. The demons put on them what they had put on others on earth. And then from the shadow of one of those cubes, an undescribable creature came to me in a ratted, burnt robe. Anger and fear snatched me at the same time. But before he could grab me, he vanished as he ran away in fear, for the Lord picked me up and brought me out of that dark, horrid, demented place. Immediately, I was back on the staircase. So now let me point you to the Bible and some scripture here describing how Matthew 8.12 But many Israelites born to be heirs of the kingdom will be turned away and banished into the darkness where there will be no bitter weeping where there will be bitter weeping and unbearable anguish. Here it says there will be darkness, bitter weeping, and unbearable anguish. Matthew 13.42 And they will throw them into f- the fiery furnace, when they, uh, where they, will experience great sorrow, pain, and anguish. Matthew thirteen fifteen. Luke sixteen twenty four. So the rich man shouted, "Father Abraham, Father Abraham, have mercy on me! Send Lazarus to dip his finger in water and come to cool my tongue." For I am in agony in these flames of fire. Isaiah 33, 14. The sinners in Zion are afraid. Trembling has seized the godless. Whom among us can dwell within the consuming fire? Who among us can dwell with everlasting burnings? Those are just a few verses describing hell and its horrors. So now I'm back at the staircase. The one leading down was no longer an option. It was blocked off. The spirit angel that was calling me towards the heaven, uh, the heavenward staircase, was still there, calling me with love, grace, and mercy. Before I could think, I was running up those stairs because of the compassion of the piercing love I felt. I then was in, in comfort. Was I then was in with a beautiful, strong light. I was in a beautiful building of quartz like material. Beautiful engravings were written on the walls. The walls were so tall, they were so white. Then a powerful figure sitting on a throne with people, saints, in white robes, jewels, and crowns bowed before him, praising his name. And every time they looked up, they experienced so much power. They bowed back down, singing to him, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord Almighty who was and is and is to come. The figure was God, yet I could not see his face. Beside him were a council of elders, and on the right side of the room was the gates of heaven. The council of elders were dressed in uh, white robes lined with gold. They sat obediently and patiently before the king. The door to heaven had a light coming through, the cracks between the hinges and the doors tiny space between the two doors as well where they connected this just represents a glimpse of the greatness to come after this i see what i first thought was a lamb in my journal i wrote a lamb because uh, i did not know much christian theology at the moment let me explain this to you i did say in my last episode it was a lamb but I went more into Christian theology into the creatures that were in the throne room of God. And there are actually four creatures that are in the throne room of God. And one of them, let me pull it up here so I don't get it wrong. Yes, it is a what some would call a young ox. Um, I believe John called it a calf, but it has horns. The Bible describes it as having horns. Uh, Others who have seen it um, say it's like pure white and it has eyes all over it. And this is what I saw. And as 11 to 12 year old, I was probably pretty confused on what this creature was. It had eyes all over it. It was it was white. So maybe it, uh, I thought it had white. Let's see. After this, I see now we can say a young calf come forth with a book. Made of leather like material that had my name engraved on it the calf uh, was as white as a pearl i'm reading from my journal now the calf was as white as a pearl and had eyes all over it you could see everything now once i figured out that this was a creature of the throne of god that just i don't know that gave me so much confidence and validation in my story because no way my imagination can make up a creature so uh, specific and weird in a way, but so exact to biblical scripture. Now back to the journal. That is all I can describe of him. For the rest, my mind can't find the words for. Same with God. The bowl gave the book to God, and without even needing the counsel, he closed it, opened the door, and let me enter his kingdom. As I stepped out, I see a never ending field, field that is grass and grass covered with flowers, which it contains a city. The field glowed like diamonds and shined and shimmered like the sun on the lake. It never flowers everywhere, beautiful flowers who, sung of heaven's uh, beauty. They didn't actually sing, but just the way they shined and the way they looked, This is beautiful. It's more of a metaphor. Kids ran and played, flipping through the air like there was no gravity, just like the angels in the clouds. The sky is blue, colorful, and shimmering as an ocean sunset after a storm. And in front of my eyes, I see an outline of a man with holy fire and light coming forth from him. The love which came from his eyes threw me to my knees and made joy combust for my every extremity, just like the laughing children surrounding him, hugging him. I reached my hands out and wanting of him. He sees me and reaches out to me. I could see the holes in the palms, of his hands where they crucified him. Meat and bones swept through and through. It was beautiful and more love came over me. When I thought it couldn't get any better, he came to me and hugged me. His arms all around me, embracing me. His heart told me I was home love overflowed and exploded from my spirit i wanted so much more and more was given to me then i heard a still small voice that said come see what i have created for you so i gotta you seem to not walk or glide there was no really sensation of any weight being put on your legs but sort of like walking on water. We came to a wall that was uh, what seemed a miles high with the gates of every wonder and beauty. Um, the gates were different colors. They all had the, I was like some sort of uh, what theologians say that there was 12 gates representing the 12 tribes of Judah. I'm going to not script here off my journal here um but each gate is represented by a stone and those stones have certain colors and they were just like that as i saw it um, so beautiful i entered the third gate uh, from my perspective and saw uh, we traveled on streets of gold and saw every beautiful tree to be seen growing and thriving on each side of the street grand mansions and palaces where people dwelled were on the street as well. They seemed to be made and engraved of diamonds. People of every race, color, and size thrived here in this holy, holy, holy city. And I looked to my left and there was even our lady in her garden. The street branched off onto many others that went on forever and ever. There was so much order, so much power showed in Jesus the master builder of heaven's creation. As we walked, Jesus raised his hand in motion to what was in front of us. It was my dead family and friends. Some were not dead at the time, but are now, and I can see that now. What I mean by that is I could sort of, I saw those who passed, you know, family members who have passed, I could see their faces, and even though they say uh, great, Say you see your great grandma, she won't look super old, she'll look, you know, younger, more in her prime. But, um, in heaven, it's almost as you recognize everyone because everyone in heaven is your family and you can just recognize who they are. Um, but I saw those who were dead and behind them were kind of like silhouetted figures. And as I, you know, grew up and people passed on, I could recognize who they were. They came over to me and rejoiced in my coming. People on the streets shouted and cheered, praise God for another soul saved. They hell took me to my home along with Jesus. My house had walls about two or three feet. They were kind of like rock. People on the streets shouted and cheered, praise God for another soul saved. They all took me to my home along with Jesus. The house and walls about two to three feet high out in front like many others and, and there were more like rock fences and a beautiful garden, tall oak, pine, and palm trees, which were my three favorite trees, lush with color and a mansion as tall and big as my mind could describe, the walls filled and engraved with what seemed countless diamonds. They looked like countless diamonds like the stars the size of the ones of one thing huge no windows or doors, more like no window frames and door frames i've got uh, um questions about this they're like how how did you enter your you know house in heaven if there were no doors and i mean there are no there are door frames and door like window frames but there are no window panes and no like, doors so it's just kind of like having your house without, there's a doorway without a door, and windows without glass. That's pretty much what it is. These, the doors and windows were not needed. No storms or coldness in heaven. The climate was very enjoyable all the time. I walked into the house using a path of gold bricks and saw that uh, what was like the inside of the sun, but not blinding, so bright. Beautiful furniture and amazing, awe-inspiring items God blessed me with. I walked into the cupboards. I walked to the cupboards. Pulled out all my favorite favorite foods, pleasurable to the mouth. Oh, I, I could not tell you the taste, man. It was it was amazing. When I took one, another one appeared. Was, this shows there's no hunger in heaven. I took a look at the sink clean as glass, I turned the sink on and water like silk for the tongue poured out and never ran dry. The taste was pure and satisfying with the texture like silk and cream which is your senses feasted upon. Senses are extremely stimulated in heaven and I don't know exactly why. I could go on to an entire spiel, but I really want to stay on topic here. I'll just leave it like that. I look into the living room and see a woman who I did not recognize. She came over in beauty and purity. She embraced me and said, I'm glad you are home. She then went up the stairs with ease. I believe this probably was my, my wife. Um... And I don't know if that means my wife will pass before me or after me. But I know God has promised me a wife and family. And I don't know who else would be living in my house with me (laughs) other than my wife. After this, Jesus called me out and I was back onto the golden path. It seemed he smiled at me and was overjoyed of my presence. It's the thing that gets me about Jesus and God. Um, growing up in the church um, you get this sense of God who's you're not really close to him as a kid so he seems sort of like distant like this guy with the gray beard who uh, has sometimes something to deal with you but only when he needs you that's just so not the case it's it's so amazing how intense God loves us God's love is for us and um, how he strives for us day after day, how he runs as fast as we can, as he can to our aid. Um, Jesus is such a humble, powerful man. Um, it, I, can't, I can't describe how great he is. Everything that's like desirable or honorable for a person. Jesus has that, but he exceeds it, man. I would, I mean, it would be amazing just to spend more time with him. And one day I will. And maybe I'm being able to, I'm grateful here, because I've, I've probably spent, you know, all this time in heaven with him. So, back on topic. I then uh, moved through the magnificent city, and again, followed by my family. We stopped at the archway of a tall, wide building, reaching higher and higher. Inside were scribes, saints, apostles, and followers of Jesus, like Noah, Paul, John, and Samuel. I saw these people, and it was amazing. Like I said, we have no idea what these people look like. But as I see them, I can recognize them. It's a crazy thing. Uh, they moved up and down the stairs. They were uh, in hallways. There were hallways filled with books and storage cabinets. This is God's library, and in God's library, um, there was books like my book, books of life, books of people, what they've done on earth, people they've saved, stuff like that. So you can go into the library and read. We got to the top, and what seemed like an instant showing the mastery of patience you received in heaven. This was a tall tower, like taller than the Sears Tower in Chicago. It was tall. And the Sears Tower, that elevator is super fast, and, but still takes like a minute 30 to get up. I mean, what, in heaven, this thing is way taller, and it took us like a second to get where we wanted to go. It was crazy. Jesus and I took a step out onto the balcony, showing me the, the endless kingdom he made for all of his sons and daughters. The city shined colors i have never seen before. The radiance moved me to the awe-wondering realization of God's love. If you want proof of God's love, I mean, there it is. An entire kingdom thought out and built every little detail for us, those who love him and give our lives to him and this is, this is it. This is the finish line for us and the Lord has made this and presented this to us. It's such an amazing thing. I just stood there. It was so peaceful. I was so relaxed and I felt so humble and privileged to see what was before my eyes. Jesus then embraced me, put his hand on my back, and said, jump. And at first, jump off, I I first hesitated. This is a tall tower, huge. But he gave me a little push on the back, and I jumped. The ground rushed towards me, and boom. No pain, not even a sensation of the ground being there. Throughout the fall, I couldn't see Jesus, but I looked to my side and there he was shining even brighter than when I saw him before. I stood up and hugged him. Jesus then hugged me and gave me a high five. (laughs) God has a sense of humor, guys. But as I craved to explore and experience more of this glorious place, Jesus said, it's time for you to go back now. Give this testimony to all so they can come here too. One last hug. In my heart, I had peace with this because I knew I would be back. Right. I began to sink and fall back to the earth into my limp body. And I entered my body and it sat up quick, taking a deep breath with memory of all that had just taken place on earth. Which abides in heaven. Now let me do some verses real quick. John 14, verses two through three. In my father's heart and my father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you. I will come again and receive you to myself, that where I am, there you may be also. There it says, there are many houses, mansions in heaven, and also that Jesus will be with us. Revelation 7, 9-10 After these things I looked, and behold, a great multitude, which no one could number, of all nations, tribes, peoples, and tongues, standing before the throne, and people stand before the Lamb clothed with white robes, with palm branches in their hands, crying out in a loud voice, saying, Salvation belongs to our God, who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. There it talks about the multitudes of people in heaven, not just white people, not just, you know, Israelites, not just, you know, all people. All people have accepted Jesus repented of their old lives and old sins and were born again and pursued a relationship with the Lord will be in heaven Revelation chapter 29 verses 9 through 11 come I will show you the bride the lamb's wife and he carried me away in the spirit to a great and high mountain and showed me the great city the holy Jerusalem descending out of heaven from God Having the glory of God. Her light was like the most precious stone, like a jasper stone, clear as crystal. Revelation 2121. The twelve gates were twelve pearls. Each individual gate was one pearl, and the street of the city was pure gold, like transparent glass. Talks about again the twelve gates, like the twelve tribes of Israel. Each has a pearl and a stone. How the streets were made of gold. Revelation 4 1 through 11. After this I looked, and behold, a door standing open in heaven. And the first voice which I heard, speaking to me like a trumpet, said, Come up here, and I will show you what must take place after this. At once I was in the spirit. And behold, a throne stood in heaven, with one seated on the throne, and who sat there had the appearance of jasper. And And around the throne was a rainbow that had the appearance of an emerald. Around the throne were twenty-four thrones, and seated on those were twenty-four elders, clothed in white garments, and the golden crowns on their heads. From the throne came flashes of lightning and rumblings, and pearls of thunder, and before the throne were burning seven torches of fire, which are the seven spirits of God. This is my testimony, part of my life's testimony, but I can't explain to you the impact this has had on my life. My view on life has changed so drastically from before this. It has taken me to a place where I would rather, if there was no God, if there was no Lord, I would rather die. I would rather not exist than to live in that reality. Because the things I've seen, the things, the unexplainable things that I've felt and loved, miracles, prophecies coming true. All these things that I have seen. If that's... I'm just such an overwhelming... Such a weight right now. In this room. Just... It's really just the spirit of the Lord. And it's hard to talk at the moment. The love of God that I feel on a daily basis, it's not just me being part of a thing greater than myself. It's not a cult mentality. It's not blissful ignorance. It's not optimism. It is objective, it is truth. It is truth, it is life. Just from today, the, the love and the amazing things I feel day to day from the Lord, I can't go a day without them. I just don't have the strength to because I've seen this great thing, I've had the grasp of this amazing thing. I can't go back to where I was. I'd rather die. Because this thing is so great. And if I can't have it. Then my life is meaningless. That is where I am. At this moment spiritually. It's a parable in the Bible. Talking about the kingdom of heaven. A man goes to a, a an empty field and finds a great treasure, great treasure of gold that's so great. He goes back and sells everything he owns to buy the field so he can have that treasure. That's where I am right now. Giving everything to the Lord for in truth, nothing is mine, nothing good is mine. And there's a piece to that because we don't got to be afraid of losing money. We don't got to be afraid of losing family. We don't got to be afraid of losing possessions because whether you believe in God or not, those are the things God has given to you. That's why we tithe because the money that we have or quote unquote earn is not ours. It was given to us by God, so we give 10% of it back. This has changed my life, has given me calling, has given me an amount of joy that's indescribable. And it's a joy that neither death, warning, sorrow, nothing can take away. It's amazing how love can transcend through things like time and death makes no evolutionary sense for you to love and mourn a dead person. They're gone, right? No. How do we love something that's no longer in existence? It's because they are somewhere. They have an afterlife. And we miss them and we love them. I was just want to leave you with those few thoughts and going take this story, interrogate it, question it, dissect it, and encourage you Should always question things. Always think for yourself. Always think for yourself, I mean, I question things. On a daily basis, doesn't mean I doubt my faith, doesn't mean I doubt my God, but I question things. Therefore, when I find the answers, it makes me more confident in who I am. I question the scripture, I question eternity. Even though I've been to heaven, even though I've been there, I still can't comprehend eternity. Which makes logical sense, because here on Earth, all we have is starts and ends. Everything has a start, everything has an end. But eternity, I still can't grasp what that will be like. Even though I've been there, And I question it. I do. I really do. And I I trust God on it. I'm faithful to Him on it. But it's just such a mind-boggling thing, eternity is forever. Not 10,000 years and a million years in the future forever. So I'd like to leave you with those thoughts, as I said earlier. I encourage you to tell other people about this. Whether it be, hey, I heard this podcast on this guy who went to heaven and hell and it seemed da-da-da-da-da. The I wish people would understand the eternal impacts of their words. You live in a way better world. The amount of the Bible says that your voice has the power to give life and death. That's big. That is big. And I wish people would understand that. So I'd encourage you to share this. Or whether it be sharing this podcast to a friend or sharing it to him face to face. Until next time.